Well, earlier this week, I uh, did a little search on Amazon on the word mindset. See my book titles would return. How many think? Over 60,000 titles. How many of you read? A couple maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, I went ahead and narrowed the search down to how many titles in the last 30 days, new releases in the last 30 days. There were still hundreds and hundreds of titles. Here's a couple of them. Mindset Matters, Shifting from Thought to Action. Mindset Matters, Developing Mental Agility and Resilience to Thrive in Uncertainty. Build Your Millionaire Mindset in 10 Steps. I was surprised what it's like. It's always 10 easy steps, right? There's 10 steps, it's 10 easy steps, so I think they missed on that title. Uh, all Pro Mindset, Living a Life All In. This went on and on. Here's the one I especially love. This is the one I especially love. Beast Mindset. 25 concrete techniques to boost your charisma, overcome fear and hardship, and become even more untamable than you already are. Like, that just, that just inspires you reading that title, right? Like, I don't even need to read the book. I got it. It's great. Well, with all these titles, obviously, there's a lot of people that think mindset matters, right? That your mindset is important. And uh, the reality is, it is. Um, your mindset, it's, it's a set of beliefs that shape how you make sense of reality, of the world, of yourself. And it influences how you think and feel and how you behave, how you live in this world. The Bible believes, script writers of Scripture believes your mindset really is important. I mean, just for instance, think about when uh, Jesus was sharing with the disciples that he was going to go to the cross, and, and Peter said, by no means, Lord, never shall this happen to you. What did Jesus say to him? He said, Peter, you're setting your mind on the interests of man's, not God's. Or Paul tells us that the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Or Peter tells us that we're to prepare our minds for action, to be sober-minded by setting our hope on the grace that is to be brought to us with the coming of Christ. Over and over and over again, the Bible tells us that your mindset matters. And it does because where you set your mind is going to determine your focus and therefore how you live. Where are you setting your mind? What is your focus? And what's shaping your mindset? What's forming how you think? Is it God's word or is it kind of the culture and the world around you? I'm guessing for most of us, we just we don't think about this a whole lot, right? We're just living our lives, but we're not thinking about this. This morning, I want to ask you to think about your mindset, and I want you to think about what's shaping it, what's forming your mindset, because it really is important. Today we're looking at Colossians 3, 1 through 4, where, where Paul addresses this issue of our mindset, and uh, he's going to encourage us to have a heavenly mindset, a, a mindset that is so counter to the, to the self-effort, the self-focused mindset of the false teachers who have been you know, promoting uh, kind of this, yeah, self-effort. And, and it's, he, he wants us to have our mindset on things above, a heavenly mindset, very different than what this, the false teachers are teaching. And so I'm going to jump in, uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 4 this morning. He says, verse 1, Therefore, 
If you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If you were here last week or if you heard the sermon, you know that right at the end of chapter 2, he makes this statement that all of the things that the false teachers are promoting, they are of no value against fleshly indulgence. They're, they're uh, you know, everything they're advocating, it, it really is, he said, it, it caused you not to hold fast to Christ. And so they're no value, uh, and, and Christ is really the source of spiritual strength. They're no value against fleshly indulgence. And so as he transitions to chapter 3 here, essentially he's saying, therefore, let me tell you what is effective, and that is having a mindset on heaven, a heavenly mindset. When Paul says, if you have been raised up with Christ, it's very similar to what he did back in 2.20 where he said, if you have died with Christ. And he's writing this in a way to sort of enter, that we would enter into the, like, like to think about it. But it's written in a way to be understood that it's, it's true. It's since these things are true. The Colossians had believed in Jesus and as a result of their faith in him, not only had they died with Christ, they had been raised up with Christ. They shared in the resurrection life of Christ. This, this verb, be, having been raised up, it's in the passive voice, which means something has acted upon them. And that's God, right? God is the one who has raised them up. I think a lot of what Paul's doing, even now, he, it, it continues to be a rebuke and speaking to the false teachers, right? It's a rebuke to them who are promoting self-effort as a way to spiritual attainments. But he's saying, no, God is the one who has raised you up. It's also interesting what Paul is doing here. Um, the false teachers were encouraging worship of angels. We saw that last week. And so there was a sense where they were trying to set their minds on the heavenly realm, but it was so misguided. Their focus was on angels, but Paul says that the focus is to be on the things above where Christ is. The focus is to be on Christ, the one who is seated at the right hand of God. The fact that he says Christ is seated at God's right hand points to the truth that he shares in God's sovereign rule. He's in the place of highest honor. In verse 2, Paul gives a, a second command. It's very similar to the command in verse 1, but it, it shifts just a little, a little bit. The first verse, it's about seeking. The second one is about thinking. And so he says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are, that are on earth. So to set your mind means to dwell on something, to intently think about something. And, and the fact that this is a present active command means this is a daily moment by moment focus. We are all, at all times trying to be, to, to be setting our minds on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. And when Paul says to not set our mind on the things of earth, he's not saying that we don't think about our family or our friends or our work or, or celebrating the 4th of July or any of those kinds of things. I think he's making a point about the false teaching that the Colossians were being exposed to. This mix of Jewish legalism, asceticism, angel worship, and these kind of things. These are the things that are of earth. So don't focus there. Focus on the things above where Christ is is Christ is to be the focus and everything we are in Christ focus on the resurrected victorious Christ who now sovereignly reigns with the father be focused on the values and priorities of the kingdom of God focus on the gospel these are where 
our mind is to be set. These are the things that we are to dwell on. Make it a daily, consistent practice because where you set your mind will determine your focus and thus how you live. And so Paul's command is that we would be cultivating this kind of mind set on the things above. And as he goes on, he gives us the reason why our, our focus is to be on heavenly realities, realities. And Paul says, focus on heavenly realities because of who you are in Christ, who you truly are in Christ. He says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And so here it is. Here's why you do this. It's who you are in Christ. And he, he talks about something that's true of you in a past tense sense, something that's true of you present tense, and something that's true of you future tense. And so in terms of the past, Paul says, you have died with Christ. By believing in him, you're united with him in his death. In dying with Christ, you have died to sin. You're no longer under its dominating power. This is who you are in Christ. And so set your mind on that truth. In terms of the present, Paul says that your life is hidden with Christ in God. And there's a couple nuances to that the idea of being hidden. It, it has a sense of safety. There's a sense of being hidden in him and, and safety. But it also has a sense of there are some things that are actually true about you that just are a bit hidden. They're, they're sort of veiled. They're, they're not clearly seen. And so... You belong to heaven, but you live in earth, and, and, and we look like those around us, and yet there's something that is actually very true about you in Christ that one day will be revealed. But right now it's hidden. But because of that truth, because it's true, he says focus on that reality. In terms of the future truth, Paul says that this, that when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will be revealed with him in glory. So he's talking about the day when Jesus returns at the end of the age. And he will return and he will be revealed in full glory. And Paul's saying, so will you. Paul says it this way in Philippians 3. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. And so it's hidden now. But when Jesus returns, you will be revealed in glory. You will be given a resurrection body like Christ. And because this is true, what is true of you past, present, and future, it removes any need to dwell on or think on or pursue any of the things that the false teachers were teaching, any self-efforts, any, any sense of trying to attain something from God by our own effort. We think on what is true of us in Christ in a past tense, in a present tense, in a future tense. And so keep focusing on these heavenly realities. Focus on heavenly realities because of who you truly are in Christ. Bottom line, if you were kind of sum up what, what Paul is saying here about us, he's saying that in our union with Christ, we no longer belong to the realm of earth. We belong to the heavenly realm. If you believe in Jesus, you are in Christ who is seated at the right hand of God and your citizenship is in heaven. And, and biblically, Paul would say everything that's true about Christ is true about you in Christ. And he's saying set your mind on these things. 
Because where you set your mind, it's going to determine your focus and therefore how you live. Develop a mindset constantly focused on the priorities of heaven, of God's kingdom. So that's the teaching. That's what Paul is challenging us. That's what he's encouraging us to do. But here's the question. How do we actually do that? How do you develop a heavenly mindset? Do you just grit your teeth and hope it pops into your mind? Or like, how do we do this, right? So let me give you some thoughts. Three suggestions on how to develop a a mindset that's consistently on heaven. And they all start with W, just to help kind of stick it in your mind a little bit. First and most importantly, be in God's word. Be in God's word. There's nothing more important than in, in developing a heavenly mindset than being in God's word. Because the reality is if it's a heavenly mindset, if it's the things in heaven, like we cannot understand it unless it's been revealed to us. How could we? And yet it has been revealed to us. And it's through God's word that these truths are revealed to us. So if you're not regularly, consistently reading, studying, hearing, pondering, mulling over, meditating on God's word, you simply will not develop a heavenly mindset. You just won't. You will not have a heavenly mindset. We belong to heaven, but we live in this world, right? And while we continue to live in this world, there's a lot that's seeking to form our thinking contrary to God's word. And we've looked at some of this already in Colossians. We've seen, we, we, we have this flesh, this bent towards self, this bent towards sin. Um, we've seen that in Colossians. There's also our enemy, the devil, who seeks to deceive us. He seeks to lie to us. He's crafty. He's subtle. He makes wrong seem right, right? We have that enemy. And then there's the whole world system under the influence of Satan. John tells us in 1 John 5, 19, that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And so this whole world system, and it affects every aspect and area of life, entertainment, government, philosophy, business, ethics, the arts, media, and on and on. And this world system under the influence of the enemy is opposed to God and his truth and his, his ways. From birth, these are the things that have been influencing you. From birth, this has been the air you have all breathed. This is the air I have breathed. Self, the enemy, and the world, right? Once you became a believer in Jesus, you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, and you were given capacity to understand the things of God. But make no mistake, all of these enemies still are trying to form you and shape your thinking every day. This is why Paul tells us in Romans 12:1 to not be conformed to the world, not be shaped into its mold, but what? To be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our, our minds have been raised in this whole system of post-God, and, and even when we become believers, we, we still need to have our minds renewed. And that's Paul's encouragement to us in Romans 12:1. We talked earlier in the service just this issue of sanctity of human life and abortion. As you just think about that issue, what has shaped your thinking? 
What is shaping your thinking? Is it the culture or is it God's word? Where are you going for answers for how you will think about this important issue? Is it news, podcasts, blogs, social media, or is it God's word? What's shaping your thinking about how you apply the truth that all of life is sacred and how you apply that to both the unborn and the born? To develop a heavenly mindset about this area or any other area, we simply have to be in God's word. He's revealed everything he wants us to know about these things. So be in the word. Secondly, it's really important to walk with other believers. Walk with other believers. Typically, we call that fellowship, but that's not a W, so I went with walk with other believers. Uh, you just, we just need to be part of a, a community of believers, um, a, a few, you know, that, that we kind of lock arms with and we do life with. You need to be walking with people who are seeking also to develop a heavenly mindset. We live in a, a world, again, it's the air, air we breathe, right? And so we, we live in a world that sometimes is busy and chaotic and confusing, and we become disoriented about how we are to think about things. Sometimes we get off track, me too. But when we walk with others and, and have this, this fellowship with other believers, we, we can study God's word together, we can pray together, we can, when, when I'm off track, someone can speak truth to me in love and love and pull me back to, to, to the way God would think about things. And we just simply must have a community of people in our lives that, are, that we're sharing life with that, that helps us in, in developing this kind of mindset. We say it over and over again, but this is why we do Rooted. This is why we seek to gather together in, in these groups and Rooted to, to see groups then that are, are, are seeking God's mind together about things and then go on to be a life group that continues to journey just because we need to walk with others to develop a heavenly mindset. Finally, if you want to focus on heavenly realities, then, then regularly worship. Regularly worship. In worship, even as we've done already this morning, we declare the greatness and the beauty and the glory of God. And it's something we try to do every Sunday when we come. And so my encouragement as you think about coming on Sunday mornings, uh, it can be easy just to sort of like that's what we do on Sunday mornings, check the box, did church. But we also can come with this intentionality to actually seek God, to seek his truth, to say, God, as I come into this space this morning, would you form my thinking? God does that as we, we gather together, and so may we be intentional in doing that. But worship is more than Sunday gatherings, and worship is more than singing, right? It's a posture of our heart before God. It's remembering He is the creator, and we're the created. It's thinking about right, rightly about God and responding in praise and adoration and, and thanksgiving. As you regularly worship God, it, it gets clear in your mind that life is about him and not us. Worship helps bring us to a place of humility before God and, and a dependence upon him that spills out into how we live. And so regularly worship God. I think there's other things for sure, but being in God's word, walking with other believers and, and regularly worship, these are, these are kind of the life that God has given to us to, to have our mind formed, to focus on heavenly realities. Today we're celebrating communion, which, which is an aspect of worship. 
We do this monthly, and it, it's something that we can use to help develop a heavenly mindset. Help, it helps us set our minds on Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, the Apostle Paul says this about what we do in the celebration. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so, in this act that we do, do monthly, we, we ponder the death of Christ, right? We remember he entered into this world. He suffered and died for us that we might be forgiven. And we return to that truth and know that in his death, we too have died and we're set free from sin. But Paul also says that, that you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so there's both a backward look as in the celebration, but there's this forward look because we do this until he comes. And that until he comes is looking for the, the end of the age when Jesus will return and he's revealed in, in full glory and we will be as well. And so in this act, we're proclaiming that heavenly reality as well. And so this morning, as, as we share in communion, and I'm going to pray in a little bit, I want to give you just a couple moments to talk to God, to reflect on those things. At Faith, we invite all who are believers in Jesus to join us in the celebration. You don't have to be a regular attender. Yeah, this, is, this is like a celebration for the family of God. So if you believe, we want you to join us. If you forgot these, you can go out the door. Saw a few of you already did that, but uh, there's uh, communion supplies outside the doors. There's allergen-free options out there if you need those. It's possible summer here this morning, and, and you're still trying to understand who Jesus is and what he means to you, and, and you haven't yet believed. We're, we're so glad you're here. We would just ask that you would take this time to ponder and pray and, and think as we share in, in communion. But uh, would you pray with me now? Father, in these moments, as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we return again, and, and we're mindful of Christ and, and what he came into this world to do for us but we also proclaim the reality that he is coming, that, that we do this until he returns. And so in these moments now, Father, help us to, in just a little way, set our minds on the things above. Just take a moment to talk to God. The Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, as we head off into this week, as we continue uh, the journey of our life, God, may we increasingly uh, allow your word 
to form our mindset. May we truly have a heavenly mindset. May we understand Christ resurrected and seated at your right hand. May we understand that we are hidden in him, that, we, that that's our true home, that that's where we belong. And may we, may we count that as true. May we live in light of that truth. May it, it work out in how we uh, live in this world. Father, we need your help. We need you to help us to have our mind formed in this way. And so we ask that you would give us your grace to do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are able, would you stand?